0: on podcast 1876 automakers assemble to challenge tesla with the brand new north american charging network Also on the show today, we'll talk Dacia Spring, SK Signet's new Chargers, and Honda's EV Surprise. Those stories and more. Welcome to a new Patreon executive producer raising his contribution. People do this sometimes. Sometimes people lower their contribution or raise it or cancel or come back. That's Jeff Halinsky who emailed me to say uh, when he signed up a while ago. It's so funny hearing his name coming out of his car. Radio, which is obviously where he listens to podcasts. Where do you listen to the podcast? I'd love to know, by the way, where the audience are mostly tuning into EV News Daily. Anyway, so Jeff Jeff came back and, and is, is executive producer of the podcast now, which is very nice. Thank you, sir. Thank you for helping me get this show on the air to many, many thousands of people and spread the good word about electric vehicles. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information. For today, Thursday, 27th of July, my name is Martin Lee. And I go through every EV story, so you don't have to. Oh, wow, this is huge news. Seven of the world's leading automakers have announced the formation of a new charging company to provide EV chargers in the United States and Canada. A move seen to challenge Tesla's dominance in the EV market. The group is, are you ready? General Motors, Stellantis, Hyundai and Kia, Honda, BMW and Mercedes-Benz. Some big names missing there. Those brands represent half of US vehicle sales, but a small share of the EV market. Their new joint venture will roll out 30,000 DC fast chargers in North America on major highways, in cities and urban areas, and on vacation routes. They will leverage the federal and state investments and incentives in public charging uh, with their own p- uh, private funding too. The network will be equipped with DC fast chargers that everyone can use, regardless of whether you want to use the CCS1 plug or the North American charging standard. It'll have two cables per charger, and it'll be either CCS or NACS, no CHAdeMO, which makes sense. Uh, The automakers did not specify uh, the collective investment amounts, but said they would be open to additional investments, so I could see the likes of others coming in. However... The car makers will initially invest individually at least one billion US dollars for this venture. So, you know, even if that's seven billion to get underway, that's they're going to chew through that quickly. Uh, the venture will cost multiple billions of dollars, considering the cost of fast charging machines, which can be 100K or 200,000 dollars per charger for the latest, greatest charges. Uh, the White House praised the deal as the news broke yesterday, stating an, it's an important step in creating a new uh, future and create union jobs for the installation and maintenance of those chargers. Tesla accounts for more than 60% of US EV sales. That number is coming down, but it's still very dominant. Tesla has the largest network of DC fast chargers with 18,000 superchargers. They're opening up parts of it to their rivals uh, and they're doing that so that they will be eligible for some of the 7.5 billion dollars of federal subsidy funding. The new charging company will support both NACS and CCS. The CEOs of the seven auto brands say that charging the charging network will be built out like a gas station. They've restrooms, food service, retail, shelters over them, solar canopies. And I got a I've been talking about it, uh, you know, more recently I've been visiting those grid serve sites they call them um, uh, the electric four courts, and I visit the one in Braintree and Norwich. I think Gatwick's coming online. That's the future. Like if you can afford the the investments. That's where I will stop every day of the week. I'm not going to stop at a charger where there's one or two or four or even six DC fast chargers in a few years' time when everyone's driving EVs. I'm not going to do it if I'm on a road trip with my wife and my family because if it's just me, I don't mind waiting. I can crack out my phone, I can do some admin. If it's a little wait for a charger or some of them are out of order, if I'm heading away and the family are in the car, we are going somewhere. We're visiting relatives, we're going on a holiday. There's, you know, there's bags packed and we are heading somewhere. You I cannot say, oh, there's going to be no an hour away or we'll drive slowly to the next one. That does not wash with the family. Uh, they love that. They love that we drive EVs, but not as much as me. And so I will always stop at places like that. And if you haven't seen, just Google, you know, the electric forecourts from GridServe. And I think that that's the model. That's the model. It's good coffee shop sofas somewhere to charge your devices do remote or, or, or you know work and that kind of thing uh, I, I hate to uh, I hate to be that that guy but it's really clean in there as well uh, the ones the grid serve had got showers they keep them really clean and if I was heading somewhere I needed to freshen up on the way I'd absolutely charge my car there regardless of the cost no not if it's two pound a kilowatt hour I wouldn't but If it's a little bit more, it's fine. It's so nice to go to those grid serve locations. And this, I think, is what they're going to model the US network On, And that's a really good thing. As of July, as of now, there are 32,000 publicly available DC fast chargers in the United States serving 2.3 million EVs on the road. The new network will be powered by 100% renewable energy. It'll have plug and charge for those vehicles that are compatible. Work on the new fast charging network begins this year with the first stations opening next summer. We're one year away. Canada will follow shortly after. The 30,000 chargers number, by the way, I dug into this because I, I, all the headlines said 30K, which is fantastic. You've got to ask when. That is by 2030. So you've got six years to do that. If you straight line it, and I'm sure that there'll be, it'll be slower at the beginning because you've got to get permitting in. It's like dominoes falling, isn't it? You've got to get find the land, acquire the land, get grid connections get the permits that's not the work of a moment and they haven't as far as i know got a a company name yet or even a network name or a group of people building this that takes months to bring a team of people together and when it happens then just getting charges in the ground is fabulously difficult just get, get getting power in some places is fabulously difficult and takes months for permitting but If over six years, you straight line it and say 30,000 charges in six years, then, you know, obviously you're looking like 5,000 charges a year or maybe 400 and something charges a month. But when you put it like that, that's incredible. 400 new charges a month, every month for six years. And there's going to be periods where it's faster and slower. That is incredible. I mean, that, if, that's, if they're beginning with $7 billion of funding, they're going to burn through that. But it's absolutely necessary to do to move EV adoption forward. And the new charging network will offer seamless integration with all of their cars. So the seven automakers in this pact will have in-vehicle and in-app experiences that are native to their network, including if reservations are a thing, you can reserve a spot. Route planning like Tesla works, navigation like Tesla works, payment applications which are seamless, energy management which is seamless. The new network will integrate with all of their own features rather than forcing customers to use a third-party tool or third-party payment. And look, go and watch Tom Malogny's video from State of Charge, my buddy uh, Tom who I do the Friday podcast with, although uh, not tomorrow but I'll go into that in a minute, uh, and uh, um, uh, where was I? Go and watch his video—the like twenty-minute monologue on it—and and, uh, and he, you know he points out the devil is in the detail. It's a great announcement. If they execute on this, it is incredible for my US listeners. This and it starts next year, which is just amazing. The coalition includes two automakers already on board with nax thats GM and Mercedes-Benz Group. The others are evaluating putting the North American charging standard, the Tesla connector, on the side of their vehicle. A little disclaimer, I'm trying to remind people whenever we talk about it, the Tesla-NAX debate is split into two. There's two things. Firstly, it's Tesla allowing others to use their chargers, some of them, not all of them, and that comes with an adapter, etc. And it's others, the, the other part of that is the putting the NAX receiver on. The socket, if you like, on the sides of their cars so that from 2025, you can natively charge on a Tesla supercharger. Uh, but don't think it's going to be as seamless as Tesla is. There is going to be stuff to work out and a lot of testing to do. So just because it has Tesla above the door doesn't mean it's going to be as perfect as Tesla charging is for Tesla owners that's the gold standard that's what you want to get to with nax and the joint venture so they're opening to open to adding new partners and ford obviously a notable absentee from this announcement uh, the company said in a statement following up it will invest in its own network allowing ford owners to charge from a variety of providers with a mobile phone app the partnership doesn't include volkswagen the company behind electrify america who have with some people, a particularly questionable reputation on reliability, which is why the announcement today from these seven automakers mentioned reliability, Oh, every other sentence, because they clearly know that's the problem with EA at the minute. You turn up, stations are derated, going slower, not working, uh, showing in the app as working and not, or vice versa. And so reliability was a huge part of this announcement. That is mega news for my us listeners worth 10 minutes of the podcast i I hope you agree what do you think of it let me know Uh, i'm on uh, on socials on twitter at ev news daily on threads and instagram at ev news and i would love to know from you what you think about this announcement right coming up i'll take a quick break because that's 10 minutes of me talking about this new charging network then we'll talk nissan and dacia spring and catl stick around back in a sec Now, though, let's talk about Tesla's V4 superchargers. Tesla's revealed some more technical specifications for their fourth-gen superchargers in a planning submission here in the UK. They are installing some V4s, and in the planning application, in the document that was submitted to the authorities, it said they're 350 kilowatt chargers. Now, that has been taken... That that was published on Twitter. That's been taken by the general EV news media, if you like, you know the websites that I tend to go to a lot to to research this podcast, and they're all saying, oh, the Tesla V4s, the 350 kilowatt units. They're not, though, are they? It's simply this site in Swindon on the application... Says they're three fifties. Uh, also, a bunch of AC charging is going to be there as well. When the world's first location for the new V fours was opened in the Netherlands, Tesla hadn't made any statement at all, really, about maximum charging power of V fours. On the side of the first V fours was a two hundred and fifty kilowatt maximum rated output, a five hundred volt rated output, six hundred and thirty-one amps. I think was it six thirteen or six thirty-one, uh, or maybe six hundred amps. Now. They've just opened the fourth uh, V4 superchar- uh, supercharger station, which is in Graz in Austria, and that has a thousand volts and a thousand amps. On the nameplate, not of the cabinets out back, but of the dispensers with the longer cables for third party It's open to third party cars. That's incredible. A thousand volts solves all of the problems of the eight hundred volt cars, like the the Korean cars, the EGMP cars, the Hyundai's, the Kias, the Lucids, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Anything that runs the Porsches, the Audis, that all run eight hundred volt systems. Um, so. 1,000 volts is great, but voltage isn't particularly difficult, and not that I'm doing it, you know, in my spare time as a hobby, but delivering 1,000 volts isn't particularly hard, and insulating that. Uh, It's it's rated for 1,000 amps. Now, I thought the CCS2 connector, the plug, the physical big chunky boy plug, was limited to 500 amps. I know there's been some trials, there's been some stuff going around with 700 amps uh, being put through it, and it coped fine, but I'm I thought that the reason it, it couldn't, you know, it couldn't take a thousand amps is this is why we need the megawatt charging standard, the MCS plug, which is three thousand amps. And so, uh, maybe just Tesla are overspecking the units, knowing that the handles they'll always derate it, and maybe they only ever will be three hundred and fifty kilowatts. But how exciting is that? A new V four supercharger, the fourth one in in Austria, and 1, volts, 1, a thousand volts, a thousand amps. Well, that's a megawatt. You know, times those two together, that is megawatt charging now i don't think i don't think the ccs2 connector can take it i am absolutely not an expert on Charon i've not read all of the pdf spec details of the ccs standard you know i know a little bit but um it, it, if it's if it's 500 kilowatts that is Fill your boots, time. I'll have all of the juice, please. So that's just brilliant. The, the and those those dispensers could be designed for sharing. Like I don't know. I it was it was a zoomed in picture. I didn't zoom out. It might have two cables on, and it could be five hundred kilowatts per side, which would make sense. So yeah, I don't think you can say that V four is limited to three fifty. I think that's what the UK ones in this planning doc said. That doesn't mean all V fours will be three fifty. splitting hairs really. This is really fast charging, and it's awesome. Well done, Tesla. Amazing. Let's move on. Nissan is going to invest in Renault's new EV division, $660 million, less than we thought. It's called Ampere. Ampere. Uh, Nissan was always a little bit... upset with the deal that Carlos Ghosn did when he was there, the Renault-Nissan-Mitsubishi alliance, because uh, the French always owned more of the Japanese than the Japanese. It wasn't an, an an equal ownership. It was Nissan owned 15% of Renault, but Renault owned 43% of Nissan. Anyway, that's all being leveled out. They'll own, own the same amount as each other. Uh, the shares that Renault sell will be put into a French trust, and then also Nissan investing in uh, Renault's new Ampere EV division. Nissan is also going to start exporting their cars from China. A sales slump there. They don't know what to do. They can't sell their cars in China, but they could still build them there because they've got the factories, uh, but also export them. The CEO said that uh, Nissan hasn't made a final decision on this, but emphasized they they'll look at what they need to do to shore up their Chinese business where they're making EVs. But Chinese don't want to buy Nissans or Toyotas because the Japanese cars don't really have that That little sparkle at the minute that is attracting particularly younger EV buyers in China. There's a booming demand for electric vehicles, but that demand is typically from the domestic makers and Tesla, not the Germans and the Japanese, which is they've had it all their own way for so long in China. If they do make their cars in China and ship them to Western countries, they would be joining a a growing group of manufacturers doing that, not just the likes of Tesla, but many others as well. The Dachia Spring is next in the news, and it's taking a leap forward. Sorry, tenuous, pardon the pun, Dachia Spring leaping forward, because uh, they're going to upgrade that now for 2024 with a, a, a better spec, and it's coming in right-hand drive to the UK next year. We don't get the Dachia Spring. It's Europe's cheapest full EV. It's not a quadricycle. It's a, it's a car, but it's the cheapest one on sale. 120,000 of them have been sold so far. It's now 64 brake horsepower version with a 27 kilowatt hour battery. It's coming as a 2024 car next year. About a year away, I think it arrives in the UK. It's decent, like 300 litres of boot space. It's pretty full sized. It's um, So it's getting that, that facelift and it will arrive in the UK where they promise it will be the cheapest new electric car on Sale, I love it. The Dacia Spring is so cool. It is, it, it is what it is. Like it doesn't pretend to be anything else. But apart from the cheapest electric vehicle on sale in Europe, now let's talk about the world's biggest EV battery maker, CATL, reporting a 63% increase in their profits this quarter. A big growth attributed to the global surge in electric vehicles and stabilization of the material prices like lithium. CATL's net income rose to 1.5 billion billion dollars for the second quarter of the year, exceeding any kind of analyst expectations. They are still the global market leader in EV batteries. Tesla accounts for about twelve percent of their customer business. They also supply Ford, VW, Hyundai, and Neo and more. EGAP. The Italian company Egap has ordered 60 electric vans from Fiat to service on-demand mobile charging stations in in Italy and in Germany. Egap's mobile charging service is operating in Italy, France, Spain and Germany. They rock on up with a van and will charge your electric vehicle On demand, they come to you. You can schedule an appointment and specify a location on the app. The battery used for charging other vehicles is 130 kilowatt hours, so you get a couple of decent charges out of that. Uh, Vehicles can be AC or DC charged at 80 kilowatt speeds. It seems a little bit odd to bring the electricity to you, but I know it happens with petrol and diesel. They'll come to your office and fill your car up and stuff. You ain't got time to go to the petrol station, but they'll do it in EV world as well. They're called eGap. I haven't heard of them before. I'm going to go and have a look at uh, what they get up to. Now, SK Signet, the charging hardware manufacturer, signing a deal with Francis Energy, the fourth largest owner of EV fast charging in the US. Don't talk about, a lot about Francis Energy, do we? Um, for 1,000 of the Signet EV chargers and each of these EV chargers is 400 kilowatts, which is amazing. That's brilliant. Uh, contributing to the Nevi program, the uh, the funding there. SK Signet recently opened a manufacturing facility in Texas, capable when it's finished of 10,000 American-made EV chargers every single year. Now, Honda next in the news. They're planning to unveil their first EV sports car sometime this year for the 75th anniversary of the company based on their Honda ENY1 and the EN architecture. They're going to have 30 EVs on that architecture by the end of the decade around the world. The sports cars are going to be sort of an NSX successor or uh, you know, the new Nissan GT, uh, something maybe with an R badge on or a Type R badge. I don't know, but it's going to be sporty and interesting, and that's where Honda is at its best. Think of the little Honda e, which is so cute. Honda is great when it gets weird and brilliant and fast and stuff, and uh, we look forward to seeing more about that. Quick picture I saw on social media. Tesla have put a mega charger into Baker, California, which is a big route for goods between Vegas and Los Angeles. Now, rumours are the Tesla Cybertruck will have two ports, two sockets, if you like, a NAX port. And a mega charger port, which would be amazing because, you know, the Cybertruck on an 800-volt architecture or maybe a 1,000-volt architecture, uh, being able to properly take a decent amount of juice with a big battery as well, that would be awesome. Well done to the team at Audi. Their all electric car sales in Q2 were particularly strong, with the German brand selling over 41,000 pure BEVs, a 60% increase on the same time last year. The main model was the MEB based Audi Q4 e Tron, both the Sportback and the normal version of that, a version of the ID4 and the ID5. Porsche is eyeing North America for a battery cell factory the CEO of Porsche Oliver Bloom confirming plans for a large scale battery cell factory favoring North America over Germany according to the publication in Germany Automobilwoche uh, Porsche will have a large scale battery production somewhere in North America investing 2 to 3 billion euros in the factory unclear at this stage whether these Investments are purely financial, or if Porsche wants a technology partnership and to do it all themselves, etc. Currently building out their own EV battery factory right now in Germany, alongside their Cellforce subsidiary, of which they recently took a stake. Porsche have unveiled their exclusive charging lounge. It's in Germany. It's the first of their charging network in Germany, and it's what they call brand appropriate. So you know what that means, and I know what that means. It means the riffraff can stay away. Thanks, but no thanks with your dachia spring. Stay away, please. Uh, Porsche have opened up the charging lounge with DC fast charging. At the minute, it's 300 kilowatt DC fast charging with the Alpatronic hyperchargers. Ah. Oh, I love those. I know that I'm such a loser for having favorite charging hardware, but the Alpatronic stuff, the Alpatronic hyperchargers, are mm, chef's kiss, beautiful. Uh, and they're going to upgrade them uh, when the new hardware comes out. The HYC 400s, I think, so they're going to be 400 kilowatt DC fast chargers, uh, but with loads of really good load management because it's in 50 kilowatt power modules. Now you couldn't get, you can get smaller ones. The current hyperchargers from Alpatronic use 75 kilowatts modules so the more gran- granular you get the more funky load sharing and load management you can do because you know you can say well a, you know a tycon has plugged in I'm going to give you four modules of power and, uh, you know and as it fills up and it ramps down and it needs less another car pulls up I go, right I'm going to give you six modules and so I'll take a couple from the Porsche. I don't need those anymore. And so that's just – it's like how the chem Power system works. Really, really, really clever. Love it. Now, how do you get in? Well, access to the charging station. You need a Porsche ID linked to the car. If the number plate is stored in your Porsche ID, you pull up. The barrier opens using automate, automatic recognition. And you are allowed in to the exclusive privileged area of the Porsche Lounge where there's, you know, Charging and stuff. Uh, there's the end of the production line for the Renault Zoe. I'm sad. I've had two Zoe's. I had the original one with a little baby battery, had the next one with a slightly bigger battery, and we haven't had the third Zoe with the CCS port on. But, you know, we, we had two Renault Zoe's with AC charging. It worked absolutely fine. Great little cars. I loved them. Did some big journeys as well in those. And uh, on AC charging, it's crazy. Um, Renault has announced the end of the Renault Zoe, March 30th next year. March 30th, 2024, they'll make way for the Renault 5. To date, 420,000 Renault Zoes have been sold globally. And finally, Geely's Radar, that's their new brand for making EV trucks, has shipped their first uh, batch of... EV pickups overseas. I think they're going to Asia. And uh, it's monthly sales that means about 1,000 units. They're selling of this EV pickup in May and June, which is pretty much all of the EV pickup market in China. Uh, The radar pickup truck looks pretty cool and uh, and already being exported. Not sure about going any further or wider with those exports. And that is your podcast for today. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, If you normally watch the Friday podcast that I do with Dominic and Tom Malogni and Kyle from Out of Spec. We won't be on tomorrow, and there's a long, convoluted reason why, but watch out on your social media for an update. I shall say no more. Thanks to our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Porsche of the Village of Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the U.S. mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley's EV Review Island YouTube channel, Octopus Electroverse, global public charging made simple with one app and one map, and Lease Plan Electric Moments, providing all the tools and guidance that us EV drivers need. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. See you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.